Stop Punishing Yourself, the only podcast that teaches neurodivergent Alaskans prone to anxiety and depression how to stop feeling like victims to their brains and start feeling empowered by them. I'm your host and neurospicy life coach, Alicia Turner, and I promise to take you from codependent and insecure to independent and unstoppable using the spiritual art and science of coaching. If you're ready to fully reverse the harmful wiring that's living rent-free all up in your brain, then let's get started. Hello, my fellow earthlings. I want to talk about self-love today as the cure for everything. Self-love for me started in 2019, and I've been revisiting a lot of my photos and journals and content from that time because this year, or I don't know when it began truly, but my subconscious programming, if you will, of self-loathing reignited, kicked back in, and I kind of lost my way with self-love this last year. Which is a normal thing and an expected thing when you're making habituated changes. You've kind of got a wave pattern of you're, you're getting it, you're getting it, you lose it. And you get back up and try again another hundred times until it sticks. And maybe even then it won't always stick. And that's okay because we have human brains. But I did something really powerful in 2019. I was able to, with no teacher, you know, like I I did have a ton of books I was reading, podcasts I followed, and then I did later that year join a coaching program. But to initially jumpstart this self-love, it was pure volition, right? Pure desire. Pure, I got to save myself or else. I cannot keep living like this. I was in pain at that time. I felt extremely behind in my life. I was constantly comparing myself. I ended a relationship and that scared the shit out of me because at that point in time, I still understood my worth as a human, as a woman in America, that you're worthy when you have a man's approval and a man's love. And if you don't have that, good luck, you friggin' what are they called? I can't think of the word, but spinster, maybe that's it. So I was really scared, but I was also beginning to follow my gut. Meaning that first decision I made to end that relationship was my gut instinct talking. And I grappled with it. I battled in my mind over that decision. I went back and forth a million and one times. But ultimately, I decided to listen to my gut to end the relationship. And it was terrifying. And it's so much less about that relationship and more about me finally learning how to listen to myself, how to consult myself as my own inner authority and stop listening to what the world told me I'm supposed to do or what I should do or what's the most practical and safest and securest path forward. I literally chose the insecure path, the uncertain path, the scary path, because it was in alignment with my soul. If your soul is out of alignment with what's expected from you from society, 
it's going to feel scary when you're programmed and conditioned to abide by these societal rules. And so it's good to be aware of that. So it all started there. There's also another moment where like I, I used to have lash extensions and right around that same time, something about them, like there was like such a high high with them and then such a low low. And I remember taking them off and feeling so free, but feeling like, no, I should keep these on, right? It was, again, a a similar battle, not as long as the one I had with the relationship, but a similar battle of like, my soul doesn't like this. I don't like it. I don't like how much it costs. I don't like, you know, I don't like any of it. But then I thought I should because they make me look more conventionally beautiful, right? And so I had to go with my gut over what was expected of me. And that made a big impact too. And I, it's worth mentioning because it seems like a small thing, but really these moments were giant jump offs to what was about to come in 2019. And so you have to notice these little decisions you're either avoiding or deciding against your soul or, or just completely repressing and not even willing to ask yourself, even though the question lives inside of you, it burns a hole inside of you. And and so self-love begins with just that, looking at them. Maybe not making a rash decision that day. That's not what looking at them requires. And I think that's why people continue to avoid it or continue to just stay in this indecision place because they think really facing and confronting it means you have to decide right away. And, and that's just not the case. But you do have to confront it. You do have to weigh it out. Look at it, twist it around in your hands and see what are my options here? What is my soul saying? What are my reasons for each each side of the coin? And which reasons do I like better? And that really requires you to be with yourself, to look at yourself, to look at how you've been treating yourself and why. It's kind of terrifying when we've perpetuated such a self-loathing, ashamed societal narrative about our relationship to ourself. It's scary to confront it and see, wow, I'm vicious to myself. I'm violent to myself. Wow, I hold myself down. I, I don't allow myself the freedom I know I want, the peace I know I want. And so in 2019, I made a vision board. Well, actually, it was in 2018, but who the fuck cares? And I looked at all the desires I had after I made these couple of decisions. The lashes, the relationship. I was like, all right, here we go. And even though some of them were still rooted in societal conditioning, you know, one of my first ones was like, I want to be fit. You know, I wanted a body. Really, I wanted the body because I wanted, you know, a new relationship. And so that's, that's more of like unconscious programming, unconscious desires still running the show. But it's okay because at that moment in time, it was a genuine desire. I wasn't aware yet of why, all of the why behind it. And that's okay because, again, once you're aware, you just go from there. But it was a genuine desire. And so... I learned how to show up for those desires. There were many. There was traveling. There was, you know, figure out my future career. All these things that I essentially did eventually. And in that process of creating it, I really knew the key 
the whole foundation of it all coming to life was self-love. And it really gets a bad rap because one, we're taught that self-love is arrogant, conceited, dumb, dangerous, right? Annoying. We're taught it's like this terrible, bad thing that like you're better if you're, you know, you're more virtuous or moral if you're just shitting on yourself and complaining about yourself all day. And that's just not the case. That's just the lie we've been sold. One of the limits we've been sold. Self-love isn't loud and in other people's faces. It's completely internal. And it drives, it's the fuel that drives our behavior. So if you've been fueling yourself with self-hate, you might be going to the gym to try to get that body. But even if you got the body you think you wanted on paper, you wouldn't be happy with it when it arrived. Because you would have fueled yourself with self-hatred and the, the fuel you use to get there the whole way is going to be the fuel you have at the end result. And so you have to practice at the beginning a different fuel so that once you arrive, you're like, oh yeah, well, this is just normal now. It doesn't feel that much different now that I have four abs, right? I've just been loving my stomach since the second I started. So of course I love it now. Not because of the way it looks, but because of what it is because I exist because I'm worthy and deserving of it it's such a different vibe so self-love is a fuel and you don't have to go tell people you don't have to go say I love myself hey how are you oh I love myself I'm perfect I'm worthy of everything I desire and my existence is a fucking miracle and I'm connected to God every day and everything is magical you don't have to do that but you do have to in some sense, have a narrative, if not equal to what I just said, then better or more creative. And so, if your narrative is, I'm just barely getting by, why am I not good enough? If, if you feel a fuel, a sense of presence of, of shame and like something's holding you down and barring you and and weighing you down, you're not loving yourself. And you have to look at that night that narrative you have to see why why do i talk to myself like this why do i think all oh, this is wrong why? why 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 and you have to question that and this really goes in relation to last week's episode on meditation because that practice has to be first you have to connect and plug into your body you have to connect with your focus of attention and energy and see how you can do it see how it is possible See how it's all in the here and now. Really create that presence and that stillness, even if it's five minutes a day, even if you only do it once a week. You got to start somewhere. That, coupled with self-love, is unstoppable. Truly. And so, like I said when I started this episode, I kind of lost that path, I slip back into that old narrative. I slip back into shame. And now that I'm like re-upping all these things, I'm ramping up what I did in 2019. I'm, I'm starting from where I am now, but I'm almost imitating what I did then. 
you have to start with how you talk to yourself. You have to notice how you feel. It can't be a last on the agenda each day. It can't be a last priority or like, oh, I'll get to it later. I'll think about how I feel later. Or yeah, I'll worry about how I talk to myself later. It has to start before you do anything. It has to be your number one priority. How you feel has to matter to you. You can't have self-love while you're very indifferent to what your feelings are every day. You can't have self-love if you're not looking at those decisions that will alter your external reality. You don't have access to it if you're not willing to go there. And so you have to be willing to see, what have I been choosing? Why? You have to make some decisions that will shake some things up and and you have to let that be okay. Because on the other side of it is access to self-love. It is your ability to see, oh, this is what I want. Oh, this is what it's like to listen to my soul. Oh, yes, that does feel scary to have people perceive me or my decisions wrongly or misunderstand me. That's very scary. But I'm willing to feel that fear if the result of it means I have access to self-love. That's the only place we have true safety, true comfort, true security. And it's really what all the religions and spiritual teachings are about, right? When we say Jesus, when we say Buddha, when we say any, you know, Krishna, any Indian gods, we're really connecting to that higher self that is connected to everyone, everywhere, all at once. So don't make it so much about you if that's preventing you from starting. Use your God. Use whatever you need to access self-love. Know that it's, it's not just about you. In fact, when we're, when we're you know, not caring about our experience, not, not doing the hard things to take care of ourselves, we're, we're actually more selfish. Because our well-being in this universe matters to everyone. And when you deny yourself, you deny God. You deny the part of you that wants you to be well, that knows you deserve everything, that knows your existence is worthy and magnificent just the way it is. Right? We're so twisted in our understanding of this because of the systems in place that teach us otherwise, that keep us trapped in self-hate and fear and frozen in indecision and following the way things are because they work for a few in power, right? A hierarchy. There are no hierarchies in nature, in spirituality, right? There's just abundance. There's just enough for all, love for all. Sounds cheesy, but don't knock it till you try it. I felt it. I felt prolonged states of self-love, connected to myself, feeling worthy, feeling magnificent in my existence. And you know when you're separated from it, because it feels awful. So what I'll be working on, and I invite you to work on, what, work on it with me, is returning to that self-love, that cure-all, that fuel. And all you have to do is one, care about how you feel, And two, be willing to do something about it to change it if you're not feeling good. All right, go love yourselves. 
go say something nice to yourself. It might feel awkward and choppy at first, but keep going because it is a vital to your overall well-being. All right. Have a beautiful day. Bye. Thanks for listening, buddy. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, you have to come check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's 24 weeks of me and you where I take all the guesswork out of your self-awareness journey. I'm just going to give you all the answers in one go. I guarantee you after these 24 weeks, you will feel like a completely different human. Empowered, focused, motivated, in love with yourself, and on fire for your life again. Go to alishaturnercoaching.com right now to book your free consult call, and I'd love to have you join while spots last. I'll see you there.